Hi, I'm your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to My Weirdest Experience Podcast. This is the podcast of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. It's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Hey, welcome to the show. I have Eden Nathan, E.D. Nathan here today. She is a licensed intuitive psychotherapist and she specializes in grief and trauma. She is located in my home city of New York City. She's also the author of It's Grief, The Dance of Self-Discovery Through Trauma and Loss. Welcome to the show, Edie. Thanks. It's so good to be here. So Edie, she specializes in trauma, and I think it's really important to talk about trauma because it's something that everybody can relate to. Everybody can go back into their tree and find a parent, grandparent that was affected by something traumatic. And um, right now we're going through COVID collectively, which is traumatic. So Edie is going to speak on that and that in the hero's journey. Yes. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, we are all living in a time where, which is, it's a, a very rare time. It's a very unusual time in that we are all experiencing the same thing. Now our responses to it might be different. Okay. Right. So we, we all understand <laughs> what COVID-19 is. We get it. Okay. We might not want to get it, but we get it. And COVID-19 almost feels like it is of archetypal, um, of an archetypal nature in that an archetype is a symbol that goes beyond religion, goes beyond one's socioeconomic background. It is a collective symbol that no matter who you are, what your gender is, you know what it is. And so it feels almost like, oh, COVID-19, it feels very archetypal. It feels very much like, okay, there's, there, it represents something and it may represent something different for everyone, but everyone knows what it is. And there is like in any good archetype, there's the shadow to that. So COVID-19 for some people, if we look at it from a grief perspective, was a time for people to learn more about themselves than they may ever have wanted to learn, you know, in that we were either stuck at home uh, and we could not leave our homes. We could not leave our families to go to work. Our work lives became 
really within the household, the schooling of the children was in the household. If you lived in a, a small apartment with a large family, you were confined to that small apartment with that large family. It was hard to get products. It was hard to get food. And if you weren't used to that, that was certainly uh, anxiety provoking, depressing, filled with a certain malaise. And the first phase of grief is what I call the emotional armor phase, where you're in denial, you go numb, you, you know, you, you are in kind of a, a place of protest. And I think many of us dealt with COVID initially from that emotional armor place of no, no, this isn't going to happen. Maybe it'll last a week or two. Hey, I can take a week off or two weeks off, or I can tolerate living in my large family for one or two weeks. Or, okay, so I won't go to the office or I won't be able to go work for the family I work for, or I won't be able to go to the bank for a week or two, or I won't be able you know, to collect my funds from, from, from the city to help me live and to sustain my life. And yet, the one, two weeks went to three, went to four, went to five. And what may have seemed like this was going to be something that wasn't going to take a hold of our lives and forever change us, that's exactly what it's become. So you said the first phase or step was emotional armor. What yeah, so I call, I have 11 phases in okay. my breakdown of the phases of grief. And Tina, the reason that I call them phases as opposed to stages is because I see that they really move in and out of one another. Mm -hmm. And when the stages of grief are usually discussed. I think that they are confused with the stages of dying, which Elizabeth Kubler-Ross coined. Mm -hmm. And she was a, an amazing scholar and woman. And she, she really brought into the, the fold of our conversation, the importance of understanding what happens for the dying. And she really was able to show how there were five stages and those five stages really were stages that someone who was facing a, an end of death, terminal death experience. And it was more about that and less about the survivors. Mm -hmm. It is often confused though as part of what survivors go through. And it's not that they don't, and there's so much more. So that is why I've really kind of gone through in, in, in the book, really talking about the 11 phases and, 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 and those phases, you know, they move in and out of one another. Okay. Mm -hmm. They are not um, 
they, 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 it, it's not like they have a beginning, a middle and an end. Okay. I do see the first phase, Tina, that first phase of emotional armor as a place that we always go back to. It's kind of safe. It's, it's safe to be numb. It's safe to feel as if you've um, got some protection, even if it's in hysteria, it's still protective. So um, what phase are we in right now? It's different for everyone. Okay. <laughs> even collectively? Yeah. Even collectively, because even though we are experiencing a collective grief, no one experienced this grief and these losses. And even maybe some of these unexpected allies that resulted from COVID, um, everyone experiences it differently. So you might be experiencing anxiety, which is one of the phases, you know, and you might also be experiencing some guilt and you might also be experiencing some sadness and they dance together. They move in and out of one another. And it's not like, okay, so that's what's going on for you right now. And that's the way it's going to be. And that's the way it's going to be for the next month. No, it could be that way for the next minute. It could be that way for the next two days. And then the anxiety subsides. And then perhaps you're, you're feeling a certain amount of grace, which is that 11th phase. And that grace is, is like you're, you, you, you have created a relationship with the grief, so it's not destroying you. And yet you honor its presence. Um, so COVID, which we're all experiencing at the same time, that was an excellent point because I never really thought of it that way, but it's not like, uh, right. Mo right. Unless you're isolated from civilization, <laughs> quite possibly they may not know, you know, some of the indigenous peoples in yeah, the Amazon some of the indigenous peoples, that's exactly right. They might not know, but right. other than that, you know, it doesn't matter what time zone you live in. <laughs> oh, what I wanted to ask you is I'm recording this on October 28th, 2021, by the way, so that the listeners know. Have you felt like a ramping up of emotional intensity today? Because I have. Have you felt that today? <sighs> So I'm curious about the question. Um, you know, it's, uh, we, 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 just, uh, we just passed the full moon and, um, and we've been going through Mercury being in retrograde. So it, it has felt intense for the last six weeks, actually. Um, yeah, I think for me personally, I went through the retrograde pretty good. Oh, good. <laughs> I know some people really had a hard time, but I tried to just accept that this is what's happening now and things will go off track and, you know, computers won't work and miscommunication yeah. will happen. And I just kind of accept that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, today 
feels very intense um, mm. overall. And I know personally, I got triggered this morning. So um, I usually don't get triggered. But I always say if you do get triggered, there's an opportunity for healing there. You know, it's yes. usually if my boundaries get crossed <laughs> is what happened. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you know, there are certainly triggering moments and, and, it, it, you know, this time of COVID has certainly been triggering for so many people and, and awakened people perhaps to their own sensibilities, to their own desires, to where things are not working or where things are working, perhaps what they desire and didn't even realize that they desired. I mean, a lot of people are taking massive exoduses from big cities and deciding to live simpler, calmer lives. Um, and other people are saying, I gotta get out of this small town and move into the big city. And so there's so many transitions that are going on, not only, you know, literally like physically, but I think, you know, in our cores, in our bodies, in our minds of, of, of how, how we are handling things that come at us, triggers that come at us, uh, the way that perhaps we reach out for help or the way that we don't. Uh, for me, I, I have always thought of myself as a pretty much of an extrovert. And yet during this time, uh, surprisingly, um, I, I found that, you know, I was really okay not being out. I was okay, you know, having time to process and think and be in the quiet. And um, that was surprising. And so now kind of going out as people are exploring and going to dinner, it's like, hmm, I'm not so quick to do that. Yeah, I'm the same. I, in the beginning of the lockdown, I was feeling sad because I wasn't seeing my friends. And I'm used to, you know, texting my friend, hey, meet me for coffee or for breakfast. <laughs> and then nothing like that was happening. So me, I consider myself an extrovert in that way. And my daughter's an extrovert also. So we have both had a hard time, but my husband and my other daughter are introverts and they didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm with you too. Like I really, I really don't want to go out and about that much. Um, I've even, I'm not restricted in any way. I mean, can, can go shopping all day down here and Charleston, South Carolina. So, um, but I just, I'm used to being at home now. Yeah. I've gotten used to it. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 getting, getting used to that new template, if you will, right. Is so it's uh it's curious. And this is the time of curiosity. This is a time of of looking around and saying, wow, what is going on here? And who am I? And I think a lot of people have been asking that question. It's been a, a time of, of, of soul searching, um, soul searching within relationships, soul searching within, within one's own spiritual um, self. 
And for some people, they've experienced what is called a Kundalini awakening. And it is a very, very intense spiritual reckoning with the self and meeting the, the, you know, the dark parts of the self and going deep and becoming awake to the, the work of the shadows. And the shadows are the parts of the self that we don't want to look at. And if you were alone during this time, then certainly a lot of the shadows may have exposed themselves when they may have been hidden because you were so busy or running around, right? Mm -hmm. And before you started recording, we talked about the hero's journey a little bit. And this, this, this COVID experience has certainly very much been a, a hero shiro journey. And, and it's really a journey where you move from your ordinary life, you move from that which you know, and you move because something has happened, something big, something that you can't deny, something you can't refute. And you must, you must recognize it as much as you don't want to when and of course like 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 any good psyche we want to say no 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 this is not happening and that's when the refusal of the call comes in and it's like no and it's like it's kind of like with covid no this is not happening and two weeks okay i can handle three okay i can handle great i don't have to get on a subway i don't have to get into my car and drive and i can work from home and i can hang out with my kids and then it's like, okay, enough. Okay, I'm ready to go back. Okay, nope. And that's when really it's, it's, it's saying, well, this, you, you know, you can't refuse it. It's right there and it's right in front of you. And that's when that, there's that cave and it's waiting for you. And in that cave, you know, are your shadows and, you know, it's a cycle. So it's not like maybe they're, they're, they're certainly not all there at one time, but it is, it is the time to look at the parts of yourself that you don't want to look at. And that's what the shadows are. You know, how you hold the archetypal mother and the shadow of the mother and how perhaps the, the mother or the, 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 the voice of the mother that you didn't want to hear or incorporate or grieve uh, perhaps she now needs to be tended to and heard so that you can tend to yourself in a different way. And that's very much also grief. And, you know, part of the, 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 the grief path, the walk of grief that we've all been on is having to look at the parts of ourselves that we, we might not want to look at. You mentioned, there are many different archetypes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you mentioned earlier that COVID was an archetype. What kind of archetype is it? Well, you know, what is an archetype but an, but an undeniable collective symbol? So what kind of archetype is it? It's the COVID archetype. 
because you have archetypes like for people where you know there's the healer there's the mother there's the leader you know I don't know what all the archetypes are oh there are right there are so many yeah. there are so many and I'm not saying that it is one but I I you know as we've been speaking it almost feels like it could be one you know perhaps it is the archetypal challenger perhaps it that's what it represents the archetypal you know maybe it is the trickster uh, maybe it's the fool that says, you know, are you going to jump? And if you jump, will you get caught? Maybe it's the instigator. Maybe it's the instigator. But it feels like it's got a lot of archetypal architecture to it. And it's filled with grief. It's filled with loss. It's filled with a world that has been forever changed. It's filled with trying to decide who your safe people are and who you can trust to tell you the truth. It's filled with letting friends go and making new ones. So how do we navigate this world with all this grief and loss, what would be your advice to the listeners? Grief is a personal experience. It's a personal journey, you know, Tina. And no one does it the same way. So I can't tell your listeners what to do. I can't tell them how to navigate through this. What I can say, though, is that Grief comes up in many different ways. And because it doesn't look the same for anyone, anyone, you know, and because it, it doesn't follow any path, you know, it's, um, it, 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 it's, it's just, it's, it's kind of got its own mind. It's like a temperamental teenager in one minute, it's one way and another minute, it's another way, you know? Mm-hmm. I think if anything, it's to honor it, to honor its presence, to realize that when you're tired, maybe there's a, a place of grief, or maybe if you're feeling anxious, maybe there's grief there. Or if you're feeling some kind of shame, maybe there's grief there. Um, and to, to, to listen, to actively listen to when it speaks to you, how it speaks to you, perhaps how you even avoid it you don't want to feel whatever you're feeling and so maybe you you drink too much or eat too much or oversleep or undersleep or or you know just just do and any of the things in your life in a way that's just too too much and that it's it, those those too too much activities are um, are just ways of coping, not necessarily the best way, but it may be your listener's way. And to break that, to break the rhythm of that uh, for self care, because our minds and our bodies and our souls and our psyches they are our kingdoms, they are our queendoms, and they are what we have. 
And so they beg to be treated well. And so when they're not treated well, when they're not heard, when they're not listened to, when they're not fed well, when they're not spoken to, and when they're not shared, they get stuck in a kind of grief. When you say psyche, what, can you define that? Ooh. I think of the psyche as the soul, as a mixture of the soul and emotions. And would the inner child be part of that psyche? Why not? Mm -hmm. Why not? Sure. You know, inner inner child. You know, um, inner our inner our inner child. I think during this time of COVID has really, uh, for many people, has been like saying, "Okay, it's time to pay attention to me." You've been working, and you've been raising kids, and you've been doing a whole lot of stuff. But now, all the ways that you have not wanted to listen now it's time mm -hmm. now it's time because because uh, that inner child might be screaming might be laughing might be saying you know what like it's time to play it's time to not take things so seriously like all of a sudden a real a realization oh you know death can come and knock on my door it can and so how do I want to live my best life right now? Or your inner child could be completely shut down. <laughs> you say that too. like you know it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, if the inner child is completely shut down, there's maybe some part of you that knows that because you wouldn't be able to say it if you didn't. And then I would, would really ask what is your what is your inner child grieving what is your inner child mourning where are the critics of your inner child and where are the judges and where are the sages of, of that inner child because the inner child has great wisdom and does walk around with that wisdom if you dare to listen Yeah, I love that. Well, my inner child's not shut down, but I have encountered other people's inner children. Sure. In, in my work with energy healing. Um, so when you experience that, the, 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 the inner child that's been shut down as a clinician, what do you experience? Um. If I find that case with a client, you mean? Yeah. Um, the key is to recognize that that inner child needs some love and care. And that as an adult, the client can come into that inner child and give that inner child the comfort that he or she needs. And so... I will help them visualize and a lot of my clients can visualize these things when I point it out to them that your inner child needs some love. They need a hug. 
I want you, you know, approach her and her child and hug them, offer a hand, help them up, face them, and give them recognition and love and allowance to be who they need to be, but be that support for them. Yeah. Doesn't everybody's inner child need to be seen, right? Right. Yeah. Because most of us are ignoring our inner children. <laughs> and sure. they act like children and they will throw tantrums and they will scream or cry or shut down if they've been ignored too long. So if it comes up in a session, then that inner child needs some healing energy, needs some attention, needs recognition. And I help the client connect with that and work with that. Mm -hmm. And if they need to work with it further and they have the ability, they can meditate and meet their inner child anytime they want to and check in on them. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Nice. Sweet. So once someone is in the cave having met their shadow and perhaps the shadow is part of their inner child, <clears throat> or it's an archetype, inner child archetype. Then they leave, they leave the cave, you know, and 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 the leaving of the cave is is really quite masterful because they 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 leave with perhaps a new perspective, new insights, having let something go, walking out with something that they've gained or not even needing to gain anything and being okay with that as well. And they then move through to going back into a new ordinary and they, they figure out who their allies are and who their enemies are. And they, because they are, for, they are forever changed who they were and who they are now, though they look the same, they, they talk the same, they walk the same, they're different. They're just different. And so it is the metamorphosis into the new, the new ordinary. And, and that is the true hero's journey of moving out of the ordinary who you, who you were, moving into the cave, and then doing that work doing the dirty work in the cave that is very much alive and then coming up transformed forever changed and it is a cycle that we go through time and time and time again we go through that cycle when 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 we go through shifts in our age when we when when we marry or when we partner or when we lose our virginity, or when we have sex for the first time, or it is always, it is, it is the true motion of, of, of the Ouroboros, where you are, you know, it's life and death, it's life and rebirth, it's life and rebirth, life and rebirth, and, and the hero's journey is life and rebirth. So aren't we constantly going in the cave and leaving the cave throughout our lives? Yeah, 
we are <laughs> over and over and over again. It's just, I, I think that during this time of COVID, we've been more aware of it or the people who've not done any kind of work have certainly gone into the depths of the cave because this has been truly unknown territory for so many, for so many. People yeah. who've had to, people who've had to try to figure out how am I going to navigate this? How am I going to work from home? How am I going to teach my kids and be a teacher and a parent? And, and you know, how am I going to navigate this relationship when I was really thinking of leaving my partner? Or, you know, I really don't like my job and I don't like what I'm doing. Or, you know, I mean, this has been a, a, a huge time of of, of metamorphosis and, 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 and people of color have, having their voices, finding their voices and, and for all of us to see that we're not as far as we thought we were in terms of, of, of freedoms, in terms of, of, you know, thinking that, that color blindness is, a, is, is something real when, it, it's not real at all and it doesn't exist and that it can't be. And so we've, there are so many different layers of what COVID has offered us and taken the blinders off. And it's very much, you know, the hero's journey. We see it in so many of our, our movies and our literature. And the Wizard of Oz is a great example of the hero's journey. And you know, what has happened is that, that COVID made us go through all of the tasks, not unlike Dorothy, and made us, you know, meet the scarecrow and make us feel that maybe we don't have brains and meet the tin man and maybe feel like we don't have a heart and meet the, you know, the lion and, 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 and think that maybe we don't have courage, you know, and, and, and then realize that this big wizard that's going to save us all is really hidden behind a veil and is small. So I think that, um, what COVID has done is it has taken the veil down on what we haven't wanted to see and maybe helped us to tap into our brains and our hearts and our courage. Yeah, the interesting thing about the cave is often the experience in the cave is a mystical one. Um, when I, and it makes me think of Reiki because I'm a Reiki master teacher and the founder of Reiki, Mikao Yasui, had meditated in a cave and that's how he came upon the Reiki symbols, which are the healing symbols that are used in Reiki. Oh, that is so interesting. So yeah. it's like going into the womb of Mother Earth. And yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And it's in the darkness where creativity is born. So the cave will be something different to everyone. And true enough, it, it, it can bear fruit that is of a mystical proportion for sure. And it, it, it is very much mystical. Um, 
I think I don't speak too much at times of the mystical experience of the cave because I don't want people to be afraid. And sometimes the idea of the mystical can, can cause people tremendous fear because it's the unknown and the cave is already unknown. But there are mystical pieces, right, that happen everywhere. They happen in a chance meeting on a street corner or a chance meeting on a Zoom call or um, a dream that, that, that won't go away, that, that tells you you need to be doing something different with your life. Um, the, the, the mystical aspects of, um, of the cave come through in many different ways, for sure. And grief is a mystical experience. So, um, and it is, uh, it is an unexpected ally in, in what it can teach us, for sure. Mm-hmm. Or our whole lifetime is a mystical journey. And I, I, you know, the concept that magic, only some things are magical. I always say, everything's magical. Right? The fact that I'm here is magical. You're here is magical. The Um, fact that we're talking over Zoom is magical. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right? It's all magic. We are magic. We're in the soup of magic. (laughs) You know, and magic is like curiosity, right? And if you can just be within your curiosity, it can be really cool. It's like, just be curious. Be curious about who's standing next to you at a street corner or who you might meet or what music you might hear or what happens the next time you're in silence or what an- excuse, me, excuse me, what animals you might see as you take a walk or, mm-hmm. you know, and what messages they may bear. Exactly. For sure, for sure. Well, Edie, I wrote so many notes of what you said. <laughs> and I usually <laughs> don't do that. But really? I found you very eloquent. And um, thank you so much for being on the show. Can you let the listeners know how they can find you? Sure, absolutely. So uh, my website is my name, edienathan.com. That's E-D-Y-N-A-T-H-A-N.com. And, uh, and you can also, um, my book, it's grief, the dance of self-discovery through trauma and loss. You can find it on Amazon. And, uh, actually, if you go to my website, there's a, a free download for one of the chapters. And if you send me contact, if you, there's a, there's a way to contact me personally on the website, tell me you heard me on this show and I have a, um, a monthly calendar that I'm happy to send out for the month of, you know, November and December. If you come on, whenever you, whenever you contact me, just, just tell me how you, how you, how you found me. And I will send you that monthly calendar. It, it, actually, it's a journal. It's called notes to self. 
and uh, and I'm happy to send you a, a, a free a free copy of that. So. That's great. And all the details of how to contact Edie will be in the show notes. And thank you again for sharing your wisdom with us, Edie. Thank you, Tina. Uh, this was a pleasure. Hi, friends. Thanks for listening. This is your host of the Weirdest Experience podcast, Tina Clark. I also wanted to share with you, I have my own energy healing business called Stargazing Angel LLC. I offer energy healing sessions, EFT tapping sessions, tarot readings, and I also offer classes on Reiki, shamanism, and tarot and more. If you're interested in having a session with me, please call 843-695-7218 or you can email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. You can also check out my website, which is www.tinakinneyclark.com. That's T-I-N-A-K-I-N-N-E-Y-C-L-A-R-K-E. Thank you for listening. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Check out our website on tinakinneyclark.com. Also, we're on Facebook and like us on Facebook and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience.